All right, guys. So welcome to what's really going on. My name is Henry Boys. I'm Noah Lyons. And I'm Maya King. All right. And we are broadcasting live from Sankofa. Shout out to uh, everybody who's here. We appreciate y'all for coming out, supporting us. Shout out to my mama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to shout out my dude. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram at What's Really Going. Follow us on Twitter at underscore WRGL. Follow us on YouTube and subscribe on YouTube at What's Really Going on, Spotify, SoundCloud. Apple Podcasts. All of that, you know what I'm saying? So since we have a special guest. Yeah, you should give us some introduction and then we'll proceed from there. Okay. Hi, everyone. My name is Maya King. I'm a reporting fellow at Politico, where I cover campaigns and the 2020 election. I'm a recent Howard grad and a friend of the podcast. Awesome. All right. So for those, uh, since we actually have a live audience, I can actually like not look at you the whole time. Like, I look at everybody else. So it's been a couple weeks since we recorded since we're trying to get this together. So we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. Some stuff older than some stuff new, some stuff old. The first thing, I'll let you describe, since you're the one who put it in. Yeah, um, so you guys probably heard about this. David Ledbetter, uh, Ledbetter, I'm sorry, a senior in Charlotte, North Carolina. He used the Popeye's crave for white people being in these long lines. He did a great thing. He said, guys, I'm going to hand out some ballots, get you guys registered to vote. Um, that was a pretty cool thing he did. Um, he's not new to like the service aspect. He actually founded his own organization. Um, so it's one, I, it caught my attention to think like, if he's thinking about this, then people who are actually eligible to vote, they're thinking about this, uh, like being registered, making sure they're like, know where their local polling places are and all that stuff. So especially tying it to Popeye's chicken since everybody you know wants to sell those out. And to tie it to, I'm sure, work that you've done since North Carolina, they basically don't let black people, they don't allow black people to vote. That's yeah, like, I mean, I mean, it's, I don't know if they don't let black people vote, but they're, the Democratic Party is, is really struggling down there right now trying to figure out how to get black people to vote. And they just poured a lot of money um, into this recent special election trying to increase black turnout. But again, Which like lost yeah, by just lost a little bit, but the margin, yeah. Could have been made up by, by number of black voters but we have to be careful too with that because you know you don't want to blame black voters for right. when, when white when politicians goes wrong. lose or yeah. when anything goes, goes wrong because then it becomes super problematic for us and it just sets us back even further but uh, the fact of the matter is you know we do mobilize and we do make we make a major difference so. um and we'll probably get into this later on when we talk about 2020 debate but i was literally speaking to like one of my hires at my job about this how like the defining people in the next upcoming election are rural Caucasian women, and then you have black young millennial, millennial voters. And those two parties are playing a major part in this next upcoming election. And like, they're gonna be the defining factor on who actually wins that seat. So it's, it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out because like the rural population, they can sway simply because Trump was promising them jobs and blah, blah, blah. But he directly attacked those same people when he's pushing out policies. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. So then next up, uh, Walmart, I know we've been talking about, I mean, everybody obviously knows about the shootings that happen in name, pick any, I feel like you can pick any city now, right, El Paso, right. Dayton, this place, that yeah. place. But no. this was like in a direct response right. to El Paso, so that was pretty cool. So Walmart, they ended the sales of uh, handgun ammunition and asked customers not to carry guns in store. 
Uh, still shocking that I mean I know you've talked about growing up in Georgia. I'm sure growing up in Florida that people have open carry state. Right. Got a gun, right. So Doug uh, Doug McMillan, uh, he's the president and CEO of Walmart. He said we understand our heritage, our deeply rooted place in America, our influence as the world's largest retailer, and we understand the responsibility that comes with it. In a complex situation, lacking a simple solution, we are trying to take constructive steps to reduce the risk that events like these will happen. The status quo is unacceptable. So does this mean that since Walmart's taking a step, does this mean that corporations are actually taking the steps that need to be? Or is this just basically Walmart's doing something, c Congress is not going to do anything? Well, it's still I think that's the same. what it has come down to, honestly, because you have all these like elected representatives who kind of, oh, my hopes and prayers go out to the family, and they do nothing about it. Where you have Walmart, who's a big corporation, they sell the gun, they've realized their like, responsibility within this situation, so they're trying to take action. And I, I commend them for that, honestly, because if it doesn't start with them, where's the conversation going to start, you know? Um, so, yeah, I commend them for that. And I'm sure that also gets to like the political pressure that was put on yeah. companies, because like, people were going after Walmart, because they were actually like an available target, because mm -hmm. you can't. Mitch McConnell's not going to do anything. He's, yeah, just, he's just said it's above me. Right. But I feel like isn't that probably what you would say? Like we can't get at Congress, or we're just going to take shots at anybody who can maybe actually be impacted. Or like, yeah. what do you think? Well, I think first, you know, gun violence is bad for business now, and a lot yeah. of um, that is a true. Lot of yeah. CEOs realized that last week, or yes, last <laughs> week there was that letter written. I think it was signed by over 130 CEOs mm -hmm. of several different. Um, corporations that were like, look, y'all have That's to take crazy. some kind of action right, 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 on, right, right, on gun right. violence because now it's affecting our bottom line. It's sad that it took, you know, profit <laughs> yeah. margins to to move this forward a little bit, and I don't even know if that's going to do anything because this, I mean, this Walmart situation was so many years in the making, and we can't discount the organizing that had to be done to get this you know, brought to attention for people like us. Because the foundation had to be in place. Or maybe not yeah. people like us, because we already are in the news <laughs> <and we laughs> <do this> every <laughs> day, but there are a lot of people who don't even realize that. Right, that, that is an issue. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah I don't know. Um, I, I'm happy that Walmart did this, but I'm always skeptical of whenever corporations try to take a humanitarian approach to things. Mm -hmm. I want to know what the uh, the driving force behind, behind that is, it, yeah. and what they're going to do to try to make up for the money that they're likely going to lose. lose yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. And for those of us who come from southern states and understand like Walmart makes a pretty good amount of money off selling mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. like firearms. Mm -hmm. so, do I don't think Walmart sells automatic weapons though, do they? Uh, I thought they did at one point. I don't, to but be honest, I don't know. I'm scared of guns. So like, Me too. Look, <laughs> I'm so scared of guns. My know. knowledge of guns are very, and it's crazy because as a black male, you kind of like want that protection a little bit just because of the craziness that's going on. But if you get that protection, then it puts a Double, like yeah, whatever. Cause let you, cause let you try to open care. Look, that's it's a uh, double standard around that. Uh, so I guess I want to pose a question to the audience: like, how do you guys feel about gun control? Like, what is your stance on this issue? Don't all speak at once, you know. <laughs> do we just go? Yeah, whatever you talk. want. Yeah. We want it to be a conversation. Okay. Um, I too am scared of guns. Um, and. I just I think having automatic rifles in civilian hands is uh, ludicrous. I, just, I I don't see the point in having automatic rifles and guns. I agree with you a hundred percent. I always go back to like 
the UK, they don't have guns. Like the police don't carry guns. So if police can't carry guns, civilians can't carry guns. I personally feel like only military personnel should have guns. Um, they're trained to carry guns, especially automatic weapons. Um, but that goes back to the Second Amendment when we're granted that right in the Constitution. So all of that comes to play when you talk about guns in America, you know? And then quick question for you. Is there any chance that Congress does anything? Like from you talking to your people, your colleagues? I need like to talk to my, my friends on the Congress team to see what, what's <laughs> new there. Um, my, my head has been underwater with a lot of this 2020 stuff. But Let's I know that it's a constant, like it's an ongoing conversation. Right. Okay. And of course, the big person in the middle of that would be Mitch McConnell. Right. The big thing with him is, you know, he's, if a, he's you, not doing anything if Trump doesn't want to do it. Well, there's that. And then there's this idea of like, if you introduce gun legislation, what is he going to do? Filibuster it. Or does not introduce it as a sign. Yeah. He's just going to do everything in <laughs> his right. power to make sure that um, that doesn't go through. And it's kind of sad, you know? It's very sad. So um, we'll move on to the next topic. Um, so Lil Nas X, he was on the HB, uh, excuse me, HBO Unfiltered The Shop. Um, during The Shop, Kevin Hart, the comedian, he had a, a few exchanges with Lil Nas. And basically in this explanation of them like going back and forth, Kevin Hart says, he says he's gay, so what? Um, and like social media, Twitter took like a negative response to that feeling like he kind of gaslit him a little bit. Um, personally, I definitely think he did because they silenced. I watched the whole episode because I wanted to gain that full perspective. They silenced him after he was like, bro, like, come on now, like, acknowledge the fact that gay men have a hard time fitting into not only the black community, but a community as a whole. Um, it's hard for us. They they kind of teach us to hate ourselves. And they silenced him after that. Like he did not say anything after that. And I don't know if it was because he was uncomfortable. I don't know if it was because they didn't address him directly. They never said, Lil Nas X, what is your take on football? They never said this. He was like a third person. Right. So um, it was just interesting to see how that played out. Um, I have I, thoughts. You do? Yeah. You can I, I, my heart goes out to Lil Nas X because it took courage for him to even say, okay, yes, I'll, I'll put myself in this position. Right, right. Because I am not a member of the LGBTQ community, but I am familiar with um, what an unsafe space the barbershop can be for right, gay men. Right, right, right. And so I think already putting him in that position, like he wasn't, I mean, okay, Kevin Hart. A month before, and we're going to that. We're going know, to that. Saying, saying, saying. Like, what did he say? Like, uh, he if, my, basically, if my son were gay, yeah, I would break a dollhouse over here. Yeah, yeah. You, so you, so you want to invoke physical violence on your son because for, he's for, homosexual? Because like, it also gets is, into like the whole. I mean, he did get. He did withdraw, remember, from the Oscars. And I didn't understand that because, year, like, weeks later, you go on this apology tour of how you're so sorry you didn't mean this. So what are your true feelings toward gay males? And that's why I have a problem with this specific statement because he's kind of, like, again, moving past the issues that Lil Nas X have to, like, he's, one, put, put his career on the line at this point. People could either hate or love this man. Um, he's putting himself on the line and exposing himself in a way that's, like, 
I don't want to say unnatural, but it's uncomfortable because nobody wants to sit and have that conversation about their sexuality. I feel like not in the barbershop, especially and that's what around like heteronormative viewpoints. The pinnacle, I think, of like exactly like heteronormative and just like very like a, a supposed to say space, but masculine. Right, and right. Topic. Yeah, and it's like you know, not only did Kevin Hart knew what he did, and he knew what he was doing when he was saying those things. I and agree, he, and he didn't think that you know, the backlash would be so strong, but that was manipulative. Mm -hmm. And everyone around him and Lil Nas X in the conversation is doing what? Saying silent. No one's coming to Lil Nas X's defense. defense. And I'm not, you know what? He doesn't need anyone to come to his defense. Exactly. But there could have definitely been an opportunity for some demonstrated allyship. Exactly. There. Exactly. And, um, they didn't put it. Again, I watched the episode. I don't feel like anybody in that barbershop was saying, hey, let me step in his shoes and understand. Yeah. They were more so saying, why should we understand? Or why should we, you know, have some type of empathy? And I think. And that was irritating. And I think this would be. A good point to engage the audience that we have. Oh yeah, so we go. You know, saying um, me myself, like I'm an openly sexual person. Like I don't know what my sexuality is. One day I'm straight, the next day I'm gay. I don't know. So with this, I didn't take offense to it, but like in our audience, we have some people who recognize with that community. Uh, would you like to share? Battery, <laughs> what? Yeah, okay. so gonna be like, okay. Or just anybody? Like, what are y'all? Yeah, like, like, okay, I'm sorry. I singled you out. I shouldn't have really done did. that. <laughs> does anybody have Come on, any feelings? Um, no, they didn't. They kind of, I don't want to say they shunned him, but they did shut him down. Um, they, they didn't address him anymore after he spoke his piece. Um, they just kind of was like, oh, this guy's gay. Moving on. That's literally right. what it was. Or just kind of like, okay, cool, without kind of an acknowledging. Right, like, right. There's a, I mean, that yeah. could have been a great um, opening for them to engage in really good conversation. Right. Yeah, I agree. Especially because he's a young person. Right. Younger than, I didn't see the interview. But I take it he's younger than a lot of people. He is, yeah, he is. 18 or 19. bought him in more as big brothers. Exactly, right? exactly. Exactly. And they could have learned something. Exactly. Especially when you are part of a marginalized, marginalized community. And you're marginalizing someone else even more. That's very sad. Exactly. I, I agree with I agree with you 100%. I had a, a conversation yesterday with some black Republicans who were telling me about... <laughs> <laughs> so they exist. There's like, there's like five of them. Um, and they exist and they are very strong in their beliefs but what they were saying was the audience that they really want to get after um is black men and the way that they've started that process or like i guess the vote that they want is the black male vote because they know it carries well it carries the same weight as any vote right but influential influentially like thinking through like a republican lens of like traditionalism and all that stuff that was uh, what they were going for and they went around to the barber shops to have these conversations with men about what they'd like to see from a trump presidency and that tells me everything i need to know about the way barber shops operate and the kinds of conversations that are had in there and how dangerous those spaces can be uh -huh. and i'm not saying that black republicans are inherently dangerous because they are and they i've can had be, this, but there's not enough of them i've had had this conversation um, with Noah specifically about black heterosexual males. The how 
Trump and his ideologies. It works. It works. And that's why, again, like thinking about Lil Nas X and, and the position that that young man was in sitting in that barbershop, I, I, the setting already loads right, itself to right, exactly what happened here. Right. But what makes me the most upset is the way that Kevin Hart tried to pretend like he wasn't being yeah, yeah, an asshole. Yeah, Are we allowed yeah. to curse on this? On they this? told us not to. <laughs> oh, sorry. No. Um, so moving. We have a comment from Tyler. If you want to say something. Speak up, Tyler. Is this still okay for audience members? Yeah, you're free yeah, to speak. Of course um, so I feel like Kevin Hart's like <laughs> comment was really idiotic and like Maya said, like he knew what he was doing, he knew what he was doing. I think um, what I appreciate more about the conversation being had about it is um, the dialogue about how uncomfortable of a space the barbershop is. I think that's something that needs to be highlighted um, and talked about to hopefully like stimulate change from like people who actually patron barbershops as well as people who like work in them because that was the perfect like snippet of how uncomfortable those spaces are. Um, I think there was also, like you guys said, a lot of politics involved with that because Little Nas X, like coming out at the time he did, was culturally like of large magnitude, and anything that occurs in culture impacts politics. And I Very think. I think Kevin Hart's like immediate shutdown and rebuttal of that and um, diminishing of that was a political counter. And those types of things happen on really small scales in barbershops every day that also um, serve to like silence people whose voices are kind of needed for revolutionary acts. So I think there was a lot of like, there are a lot of dynamics that were at play in that conversation. And I'm happy that um, it's receiving a lot of negative backlash. Yeah. Appreciate you, Tyler. And I think yeah. that actually segues perfectly to, I don't, yeah. <laughs> to the next topic. Uh, show of hands. Does anyone watch the show Pose on FX? Shout out, shout out to y'all, too. Has anybody okay. finished it? Because season two's ending was just... You know. <laughs> no. All right. So um, Angelica Ross, um, she's actually supposed to host a forum on, LGBT, on LGBTQ issues in Iowa next week and i think that that was just important because i think that oftentimes and i'm sure you know like when people host candidate forums it's like oh we're going to talk about like gun control right after something crazy happens or we're going to talk about climate change it's like whatever kind of like the activists but also kind of establishment people want to kind of get out there so i think it's just worth highlighting that like angelica ross is saying like i'm going to talk about this as a trans person i'm going to bring this issue to light even though they do have an openly gay candidate they haven't talked about LGBTQ issues during debates. They haven't talked about the amount of trans men and women who are getting killed on what seems to me like a weekly basis. So I think that's just worth highlighting. And does it open the door, do you think, for other forums that have to do with issues that are affecting like us as people? Like, you know, when people talk about the labor movement, they also think about like the Midwestern working person in a factory, but they don't talk about like people like my mother. They don't think about like teachers. They don't think about like just regular people who are actually working and like what wages, like people working at Popeye's. They don't talk about education, like all those other issues. So like one, I want your thoughts on like just Angelica Ross just saying, screw it, I'm going to do something myself, which is kind of very on brand for her. And it's very on brand brand. season. Like it's definitely forum season. And 
and there's a lot happening. Like, I would love to see another another HBCU forum. I felt like last mm-hmm. week's debate performance was really lackluster for HBCUs and like conversation around uh, black issues. But we Which can is get historic because they don't. We can, they, they don't host. They don't host. That's what kind yeah, of. Uh, we can talk about that. Yeah. Um, but I think this is great. I, I mean, it's, it. But this is the success of something like this is very dependent on who shows up. And so and not every the numbers are shifting, yeah. and we have new front runners. Um, I mean, Pete Buttigieg, like as the only openly gay candidate on the plat on the slate, should definitely show sure, up. Right now, um, they have um, Booker's going, Buttigieg, Harris, Warren, okay. Yang. They have like seven or oh, eight good. confirmed. Where's Biden at? Look, is he coming? Look, <laughs> I, 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 I think though. he is. I think he is. I can't confirm it. I know Sanders is not. Because he said he had an engagement, ironically, at a barbershop in an HBCU. I don't know which one. I can't, like, add them. Well, yeah. But. And, I mean, these candidates have their priorities. And the, the LGBTQ agenda it's is not at the top. Right. Which is a problem. Which is a that nor the black community. But we'll talk about that later. All right. So, now we're going to get into what the, we big, call, the facts, big facts. Big facts. Um, show of hands. Did anyone watch the Democratic debate last week? Carlton, did you? No. Yeah, much. I'm like, I'm like mom back there. I kind of watch yeah, it, yeah, yeah. kind of just. Um, all right, so we're gonna get into this. Is like the big thing that everybody's talking about. So the latest NBC News poll that came out this week had Biden 31 percent, Warren 25, Sanders 14, Buttigieg 7, Harris 5. Anybody have any like strong reactions to that? Anybody who they? I think that's pretty much right, but you know. I think, uh, especially with the recent polls or whatever, that's how it's going to play out. Biden is a front runner. We know he's a front runner. We just don't want him to be. Warren, she has these great Are you speaking ideas. for every, everybody? Biden? This, listen, all. I'm... No. Can't, this, this is no. my opinion. This is how I <laughs> think the general population is thinking. Biden is the front runner. We just don't like him. Warren, she has great ideas. She's just a woman. I'm sorry to say this, but America no, is... That affects... Look, America don't want that to happen. Like, Come on, like let's be realistic about it. Bernie, he's too out there. He's not gonna work. So again, we're stuck with Biden. You make a real sweeping assumption though here. <laughs> because you have to remember, like, these are candidates who have been in the race for a while. Right, right. And so right. when you say like we don't want Biden, our parents do. That right, those right. Those are the people right. who are give, who are writing the checks. Right. And those are the people who are showing up to the polls more often too. than not. Yeah. And also when you like saying things like, you know, the Democratic Party doesn't care about the black vote, I wouldn't be so sure. Is I was having a conversation today about this because the fact of the matter is candidates know, and this is what I wrote about last week mm-hmm. or two weeks ago, that they will not win without a majority of right, support. Right. Now, how they're going about getting black support is where we might be able to argue and have okay, a, a different okay, debate. Okay. But I think that finally, We've established that in 20, I mean, really it happened in 2018 and a little bit in 2017 where, was it 2017 when black women just like showed up and showed out for every Jones? single time? Yeah, every single that was time. when the Democratic Party was finally like, okay, right. we need to definitely pay attention. I mean, it's, it, it was maybe even before that, but we're finally seeing like, you know, uh, money behind this, this idea of black mm-hmm. voters and that need to be poured into like these candidates. Which is historically not a yeah. thing that people don't want to talk about. And that was the one good <laughs> thing I think that came out of, um, of last week's debate and the fact that it was on a historically black campus only for the second time in history. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we were seeing phrases like institutional racism and America has a white supremacy problem. Now, again, we can have a conversation about what these candidates actually plan to do about uh-huh. these, like behind these statements. But for me, someone who's very new to the game, just got into covering campaigns straight out of a powered education. So right, like right, right. already fired up. Like I wish somebody would say Look, something. And that's where but I'm coming from. It's great now to Thank music to my ears sense. to hear someone like Pete Buttigieg say America has a white supremacist. People like Joe Biden, who used to work with avowed white supremacists, literally saying America has a white supremacy problem. Step one is admitting the issue. <laughs> okay, I guess I get into this thing of where I'm like, are they doing this for show or are they doing this for real? Because like when Biden answered that question about how his um, how his his stance changed on like busing and segregation, all of that, he kind of shifted. He just feel he didn't say much. It was like. Um, I mean, it was issues. Well, the thing is, I'm aware of those issues, right? And we, we they're doing it. it for show. But when the when the when the the pan gets hot uh-huh. and the field narrows yeah, even further, and we get down to the last two or three candidates, we're gonna have to see. Okay, well, what are you really working with? I can agree with you. On and that. how are you going to demonstrate to me now that you know the pressure is on? Mm-hmm. How are you going to demonstrate to me, a black voter, choosing between you and somebody else, mm-hmm. one other person? How, what you can do for me. But the main goal right now also, like, we got to get Trump out of the office. Right, that's right. That's what Democrats right, are saying. Right, right. And that's that's where I get, like... That's where you've struggled since, yes, like, Yes, because Trump got to get out of the office. I, whoever on their primary ticket, we voting for him, whatever. But I also struggle with, like, I openly admit, I did not vote in 2016, and I take that as a personal, like, thing that I'm trying to actively fix. So with fixing that issue, a reason I didn't vote, because it's like, I don't relate to Hillary enough, and Trump has, like, I don't care. He he not benefit me. Probably I don't care. Like, it was like, throw my hands up. And a lot of people, a lot of my peers are going to or would do the same things and I think that in this gets- next election. So, like, with knowing that, I guess I question like who's gonna be that candidate that speak to me and my peers and get us out to vote. And then I think I think that goes to one of the questions that we have. And I wanna get like everyone else's take on it. Do you feel like the candidates have actually like in have reached out to you on your level or do you think that they've engaged you in a smart way or have engaged you at all? And I think another important question to piggyback think, no. off of that, like are you engaged with the candidates right now? Because we are 13 months out, it is so early. And there's this weird, like, the, this weird dynamic happening right now where people are really being shamed into getting active, politically uh-huh. active. That is true. And it's a life or death situation for the United States. So, I mean, it makes sense <laughs> it that people are really pushing others to get engaged and informed. But, like, you don't necessarily, I won't say you don't have to, just don't feel bad for not knowing everything, I think, at right. this stage. No, that is but, that you, yeah. but you pose an important question also. So, like, do y'all feel like y'all have been, like, you, do you think candidates have been speaking to your issues or no? I would say that they have a little bit, um, especially, like, those plans, like, with Elizabeth Warren with, like, tuition, um, getting rid of student loans. Um, um, that speaks a lot to, like, college level. All of us. Right, all right. Have loans, all have significant <laughs> yeah, amount so, of loans. Right. I think coming in from like that angle, that's kind of like a start to get our yeah. attention. Because I would say that that's that to me is the most interesting thing. It's like how and like you said, it's kind of like it matters, but we have a lot of time. Yeah, just but keep it's the kind of thing. Like, and I remember I was today. Can I drop a life flex? I was in. I had a meeting, and the chairman of the DNC was there, 
Life yeah, life, yeah. Life, 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 life. <laughs> so he was basically saying that, and I kind of took it with a grain of salt, but he was basically saying that, you know, black voters, black, I mean, not black voters, Candidates just can't show up at the AME church four weeks before and expect. And that's what they're going to do. And that's what irritates. That's what irritates me, especially by a candidate like Biden. He has this attitude of this arrogance. Of, psh, psh, I ain't got time. For that. I'm going to like work on my own schedule. Then I get to y'all when I get to y'all. No, bro. Like what? Pay attention. But I think, but I, but I think to what my go to, I think that's a, that's a generational thing at some point. Oh, because yeah, my mother, say- every time people come at Biden, she's like, yo. That's my mom, too. Right. Like, relax. <laughs> relax. The, the relax. people who make the decisions and write the checks are totally fine with Biden. I mean, he's not chilling. Like, and that's, just in and Alabama I, I was just, with- I was talking to, again, talking to, me and my boss got a tight relationship. We be talking. And I think she admitted <laughs> Anyway, so, like, um, I, that's what I was explaining to her. The older, like, more conservative, like, Blacks, they're with Biden. I wouldn't even say it's more conservative. What the? It's just. I think they are. Yeah, they are conservative. At least they're moderate. He is not neutral. Moderate. Yeah. I get. Okay, we'll keep it. We'll say moderate. Okay, moderate. Yeah, we'll sit here and pretend like black people are not the most socially conservative (laughs) people ever. Oh, I know this. I'm from the south. I know this. So then you see how Biden appeals to that. That's why I'm saying I understand how he appeals to the older conservative blacks. Young millennials, you have a track record. That's why Kamala getting dragged. You have a track record. We're going to hold you accountable. You're not going to come in here, think you can, oh, you wrote a crime bill? Nah, bro, we about to hold you accountable. Okay, but, but, I mean, Biden wrote the 94. I'm here. I'm I'm aware of this. And Sanders said, signed it. I am aware of this. And young millennials, I feel like young intellectually involved millennials, like they're going to pay attention to that and they're going to hold these people accountable. That's what I'm saying. They can't wait to four weeks out the gate and say, oh, hey, y'all black people, we we might give y'all reparations this time. No, that's not going to work. Not for me. It's not gonna work for any of us. You, that's what I'm saying. And that's why, I mean, that's why, like, that's so, why like, I make the point that about it being be? so early because mm-hmm. you can't put all your cards on the table. Right, right. I right. mean, Harris just released her. Um, her we'll I will her. admit, very comprehensive criminal justice plan uh, last week. It was a little late in the game because you see, I mean, she like took a nosedive in, right. in, we'll the, in the polls. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it, it, you, can't call, you just can't call it. You can't. And that's what's like uh, about it because there's so many candidates. It's like information overload. It's so yes, many candidates. Yes. Like, are be, you guys even engaged? Like, I know Tier. Like, this time next year, we're going to be so tired. Look, is anybody engaged? Like, can you name three candidates that you would consider voting for right now? Carlton. Look. <laughs> we got some. No, no. Hold on. We're going to say. Yeah, I, And now you and see like now the, the sky falling down. Right. You don't even and know. Stephanie and I both grew up in Tallahassee and went to the same high school. Look. Oh wow. <laughs> shout Tallahassee out, game. Shout, shout out. out. Shout out. That's crazy. Not, Anybody shout else? Out. Shay, I see you. So do you have? Can, okay, one. Can you name any candidates? Or two. Um, have you 
do you feel like candidates are engaging you on any type of level? So honestly, I haven't been paying attention just because I'm literally just like, there's so many people the same thing that I just, it's just so much to go into and right. to find out like each candidate that I just like, okay, I'm going to see what happens for a little while. Right. And I'll pick up later to see like what's been discovered. Right. We should do this show exactly a year from now. And see what happens. Because yeah. it'll, be, it'll be like three weeks or less than that from, oh no, it'll be like a month and a half from Election Day 2020. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren is seriously supporting black women. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's going to get, that's just going to gain a lot. I saw that's like five next, people shake their hands. So, like, clearly so y'all, y'all with Elizabeth Warren, that's what y'all saying? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I can get behind Warren. I think she's one of the only candidates that she's very consistent and she's put out like, She's not only addressed black women, but she's addressed. She got a plan for that. She you're right. She got a plan for she everything. Plan for like she got a plan for everything. Like HBCU. The only thing, again, I, I'm one of them black conservative Southern people, so I'm gonna say this. What? Y'all might cut my head off. Okay. But America is not ready for a woman president. That's the only reason I'm like I'm I sorry. Disagree. Are we ready but... for orange one though? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got to think about uh, the orange one. The orange one was. Gearing his audience towards racist. Right. Like Think about people. the power structure in America. How much are you basing I, this again? Yeah, this, where are you oh, going? How much are you basing this off of just this Hillary Clinton? Is, I'm basing this off of Hillary Clinton and my own That's personal not, experiences. Hillary Clinton's not a normal Okay, but I'm gonna make this. I point. think she's more respectable than Warren. I'm gonna make this point because I think that this is this is just a commentary on like the way that we think as as members of a democracy. And just as people in this really like weird position right now, we're never we're always we're never ready for something until it happens. Happens exactly. Two thousand eight, we weren't ready for a black president. You're right. And then we saw a black senator start to do his thing and move up in states like Iowa and key states like New Hampshire, and then we decided we were ready. Right. Even with policies, we say that we're not ready for things, and then these things like like we you know fifty sixty years ago. And I, the idea of social security, literally giving people money after they have retired. What, 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 that was such a crazy idea. Right. And now people can't live without it. Right. Universal healthcare is something that we feel like we're not ready for. But as soon as, as soon as it happens, there are people's lives will change and be saved. You're right. And so I have I'm to just apply like, that same logic to it, a, wo- a woman who is thinking, who has plans mm-hmm. and who will put a team together of men and women right. who will be very a lot more capable and than this prime minister. No, I agree with you 100%. I'm not <laughs> see, look, I, see look. But also I, I, don't forget that Clinton did in the popular. That's what I'm Come on now. That's, that's right there. That, that, like, they're it's not. The patriarchy, brother. There you go. Like, again, we they're saying it with the poly, abortion. Eight laws just passed this abortion thing. That's screaming. We're not ready for a rem, one breath. Like, come on. We're just going to have to disagree. Yeah, we're just going to disagree on that. Brother, you need to replace that. Who is weak? Who's not you, ready for abortion? Oh, no, no, no. Abortion. I'm I abortion. would prefer a black female leading America. That's just Henry. But white Americans, if we gonna and call it a spade define, a spade, when we define not ready. What does that also white mean? Supremacy there you go. Who just but, said it? Who not, you just said? But that's not quite an answer. I don't think to us being not ready. Like meaning, if she gets a nomination, we won't vote for her in the same way that I mean, and still Clinton. Got you just said it. You just I, no that's what I was about to say. Noah just said it. 
Clinton got the popular vote. So it's not like we're not ready, we're not willing. If a technicality didn't happen, I'm like, if the electoral college wasn't a thing. Okay, but the electoral college is a thing. So with that being a thing, and we know who controlled those votes, will she? You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we broadcast this. I'm trying to get a job. So look, I'm be. Point is, we know these people who are controlling these systems. So why are we playing like naive to it? We know what the electoral college I is. We know. remember, yes, that's very true. I just, at the same time that <laughs> you're being hopeful I'm, and optimistic, I and I love that. I'm just being a realistic, realistic person, and I'm like, but nah, bro. I'm being a realistic optimist, and I'll <laughs> counter that point by saying <laughs> we live in a democracy and that we vote and we control what's going to happen next. And that. eight states just told you you can't have an abortion, and they're steady killing me because I choose to have. I don't choose to have black skin because I have black skin. It's I, America. Shot, right? All right, we're gonna. It's I'll play America. moderator. Moving on. I'll play moderator before we go off the rails. Uh, quick show of hands or grunts or applause or anything. How are y'all feeling about the candidacy of Kamala Harris? Kamala. Yeah, her Kamala. name right. I thought it technically pronounced Kamala, but it's Kamala. Kamala. I've heard her say Kamala. Kamala. She said it on Good Morning America. But I mean, it's true. Anyway, how y'all yeah. feel about her? Cause like she she's a Howard alum. <laughs> She's like some okay. Somebody told me, and I, this is what I think it is. You told me this. She got this this <laughs> this attitude, like this attitude about her that people. It wasn't you. I just said something. Did you I just say a black it. woman look yeah, like she right. got an attitude, no. <laughs> Henry? That's what I'm. That's why people don't like. I'm not saying this from my personal perspective. <laughs> I'm saying this based on my Twitter timeline and people ridiculing her okay, and okay, all of that. Okay. That's and, what I'm saying. Okay. I tell you what That's I'm where I'm coming from. I like Kamala. She, she, she fa- you know what I'm saying? That's Kamala. Stop, stop. <laughs> going to drive us off the cliff. Everybody going to leave. Okay. What I think, I just think mainly I was saying because from the standpoint of that, she was at 13%. Right. And now she fell off a cliff. Yeah. And I think that for some reason, either it's a campaign strategy, but I I mean, we were talking about it. Like, I think, and I think the same thing with Clinton. I think they are both very, very smart. I think if you listed achievements and accomplishments for anybody, but I think part of the job of running for president is not just saying like, here's my leadership skills. Here's like what I can do. It's often like running for president Trump is different than actually like being president. And I think the act of actually like running for president and doing, you're on the stump, you have to do this. And I just think Kamala's just a really smart person. And that doesn't all like Bernie. I think he's really good at running for president because it's the, oh, it's the revolution and we're going to do this and we're going to do this. But I think that for Kamala, it's just different because I just think she's just like, I'm kind of above this stuff in some point. That's and, I think it, and I think it comes yeah. off like that. And yeah. I think that that gets to, I think, I think a little bit of her and her campaign. I think she's actually I think very presidential, too. That I do, too. She cares herself. Even in debates where she, like, the first debate where she had to say, hi, guys, let's get it, let's get it right, together. Yeah. You know, even in moments like that, like, she's very presidential. It's just that. I just think it's interesting because I think it gets into the Don't ridicule me, guys, but it's, you know what I'm saying? It's like we, us as black people, we hope. It's Black people, let's be real. We hold uh, ourselves to the highest standard. So with Kamala, knowing that she was a prosecutor, oh, you locked black people up. Boom, that's that's one. Oh, you're a light skin. That's, that's, oh, well, now. Okay. No, it's common. Like, it's it's the subliminal. I think it's her sub- criminal justice record that's really... No. 
gotten her. And she's never given a great, a great answer on it. She's never and given a great answer on it. She don't is, smell a lot, like, naturally. <laughs> so it's like she is this attitude and composure that she has that it communicates. I mean, and knowing people who work, I just think she is a very smart person who had to work very hard. Yeah. Shout out to the black women here. You don't know how I, to be a black a, a I, black I grew senator, up with a single black mom. Like, I, I know okay. the struggle of growing up. In t- I'm not saying that. You know, what? What are you saying? I'm saying that to be a black woman in power, you often have to do certain things and carry yourself a different way. I agree. Men. I, agree. I think that that than anybody. Right. And I think that that doesn't translate to what we see as campaigning and oh, like she's doing this or she's like putting on this President, like it's just different. I just think campaigning and actually like I think doing your I think Harris twenty twenty four has like a lovely ring to it. Maybe, no, maybe she like she ain't running, she ain't running yeah. again, she but she, like, and she's just been dealt like she's had a really rough go of it. Uh-huh. And the reason why I say that is because we can't discount the fact that she was San Francisco, California at one point's top cop. And that some of her policies that were like way too aggressive bad, right. when it came to, I mean, you know, trying to like threaten parents with jail for getting their kids to school late. Like these are the things that people who are opposed to Harris are bringing up and saying right. like, okay, what are you going to do when it comes to foreign policy? Right. And someone is right. like acting up on the international right. stage. Are you going to react so aggressively? Because that's scary to me, not only mm-hmm. as a black person, but as an American. Now. Right. Right. Um, but I mean, like the woman is super smart. Yeah. She's super and smart. She can hold her own on a debate stage, which is what the Democratic Party is super thirsty for mm-hmm. going into uh, the final stages when they need someone to really, you know, bury Trump. Um, and it's just, but it's so hard because she hasn't been able to really capture the black vote. And I will also say this, and this is something that I have only gotten from reporting only from talking with other people and other black potential voters, there is a tension around the fact that she has married a white man. And I thought that we were past that. Oh no, but not, a, not us. I'm not saying that it's not in the way of people's ability to vote it's for her, fault. but there is people have mentioned that to me as a reporter that they feel that that's something that they thought about. I I, I suck my teeth when a husband stood up at commencement. Um, <laughs> I, think that, as, I think that's. Yeah. I think we have to. We got to ask your question. Though. Um, we'll so we can all at this table at least agree that Biden is probably going to get the primary, right? No. no, no, So who do you think would get the primary? And that's it's a better early. question. <laughs> it's way yeah, too Like, early. who do you think is gonna get the primary? My or better, mind. better question. If the election were today, who would you? Who would be your top candidate? This is too early to Good answer. All right, I'll take that. We can. All right, move, move on. You ain't say none. All right, fine. Uh, all right, so now we're gonna go to heads up. We're just gonna talk about stuff that has been happening recently in the news, and just kind of keep it pushing. All right, so some Kavanaugh av- uh, allegations with the Supreme Court justice, the re- most recent one. Uh, the New York Times initially reported, and I think as a reporter, I want to get your thoughts since they reported yeah. it and then kind of either messed it up or, they did it. yeah, they didn't do their job. But I think how should we react to kind of like confusing reports? And Ayanna Presley, a uh, black woman from Massachusetts, she filed a resolution um, to basically try to impeach him. So I just think there's a lot of stuff going on in this space that I think kind of gets away from what initially is, right. th- is this about? Like the initial thing right. is, the initial, you know, thing the is initial idea is a, it's a question, I think, more. And then it gets which into is, how we Which is, if someone stuff. has been accused of sexually assaulting someone, 
are they fit to serve on the highest court in the land? And we asked the same question. I mean, all of us were babies or not even born yet when Clarence Thomas and Anita right. Hill went through the same thing. And the answer then was yes. And the answer now is yes. And then what happened here was this weird, like, I don't know. I, like the, the media is so every, every newsroom and every like corp, uh, newspaper has an organization, has its own attitude and its own like brand and the New York Times is just very traditional. I think some of that tradition and following everything kind of got in their way uh, mm. this, with this Kavanaugh stuff. And they just have to recalibrate. So what now. is the thing? Is it a true accusation or not? Because yeah, I don't even know. No, okay. but if you, I mean, if you, and because like I, I tried to, to get time. into it and basically from what I got is like somebody at a party said they'd seen him with his thing yeah. out. Um, I mean, I just think it gets to the general thing of most sexual assaults are between it's in private. Most people don't report it. So it's trying to uncover stuff that might have happened a long years time ago. ago. But my and thing goes back to what she was saying, like Clarence Thomas, the answer was yes. Kavanaugh, the answer was yes. Why is it when someone is accused of these accusations they're not being held accountable especially men in power because other men are in power to make sure that they get what they need um getting back to the 2020 conversation we can recall from history that the one person well not the one i won't put that all on him but a very prominent voice in support of clarence thomas and against anita hill was Joe Biden. Yeah. And that was hushed down very efficiently. I don't know if it will come back up as he continues to, you know, remain in popularity. But right. me, you know, stepping taking my reporter hat off for a moment and just stepping into like a woman's place uh -huh. and looking at how these dynamics operate, it just looks a lot like this is still a very male dominated space, the right. American government, and we would like to maintain uh that, that level of power and so forth. So that you do agree with the fact that a woman isn't ready, where they're not How ready. You right, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Apples and oranges, Henry, don't do that. I Next. get you, you're Next. right. I tried to prove my point. Mm -hmm. That's it, that's Next. it. Next. Uh, so now we're gonna, uh, just some stuff that's happened recently with the hurricane in the Bahamas. Uh, last week, the Trump administration, they refused to grant temporary protected status um, to people who are trying to leave the island. Uh, I think this goes to like Henry's point of like Trump is doing what he said he he would do because um, he basically said, "Oh, the Bahamas, uh, you know, they have gang members and they have all but these people." That's trying a to come whole over. country. That's right. what he should. So I just wanted to flag that, and that should be a conversation that should be focused by presidential candidates but, and people in Congress. But, that's be, actually huge. And uh, last thing we have before anybody else wants to say anything, shout out to my DC people. Tomorrow, just so y'all know, they have something called the Million Mo March on the National Mall. Hey, the activism in D.C. has been great yeah, so lately. Yeah, we this, really so this, this year. Yeah. Right. So the Million Mo March, this rally will be held on the National Mall tomorrow, uh, Thursday. Uh, so that's going to be in support of D.C. culture, statehood, gentrification, and gun violence. You can basically catch your favorite go-go band, catch some people dancing, all in the spirit of making... DC a better place. Bro, is there another Motella on Friday? Yes, there is. There's also Motella on Friday. So, William <laughs> Mo' March, classic. Savannah, Asha, we ain't in it. We in there. DC people in the room. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so that's it for us. So yeah, I, I think to, we're gonna wrap it first up. First off, I wanted to thank Maya for being yeah, the only person.
And we wanted to thank, thank our live all of audience. you. Give yourselves a round right of applause. We appreciate y'all. And thank you, Jitten. Thank you. Oh, she can't hear me. She can't hear me. No. Oh, okay. All right, really. Well, thank you all for coming. And Make sure really you follow, follow us, us. on yep. Instagram at what's really going. Follow us on Twitter underscore WRGO. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe on SoundCloud. And you can follow me oh, too yeah, on Twitter, Maya A King. Very easy. M A Y A A King. All right, so that's it. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate.